All right, so we're back for episode three. Who'd have thought we'd make it this far? I was going to say, who would have thought, Lou? <laughs> it's a story of perseverance and determination. Yeah, and, you know, just having a crack, I suppose. That's it. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. It's been an interesting week on the markets. Definitely uh, some big movements. Uh, if you think back just, I don't know, what, three months ago, four months ago, I think I heard the, the, the rise on Friday was the biggest rise in two years. Um, just the, the rises and the falls that we've had lately, three months ago and then for so many, basically, years before that, there was just no movements like that. It was just every day was just a gentle rise or a gentle fall and it just kept going up and up like a little staircase, especially the American market, of course. Uh, our one sort of chops around a little bit more than that, but um, but no, it's been it's definitely been a, a bit of a ride. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I agree. It's been really interesting. I think there's a lot of caution. I think with you know sort of these uh, these rises and falls happening so rapidly. Uh, yeah, based on you know, these external events, I guess this week it was the the G twenty. Uh, yeah, so we touched on that last Thursday. We were hoping that Mr. Trump was going to give us a deal and. Uh, he gave us something. He definitely gave us something. He, he gave us a, a good rise on Friday, which was good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I think they've agreed to three months of uh, yeah before they a truce. Yeah, a truce. So he's not going to increase anything for three months, and hopefully in that three months they might be able to negotiate some some lowerings of the uh, the tariffs, which would be pretty spectacular for the markets. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. So how did you, um, how have you performed? I mean, we had a bit of a fall today. I think we fell about a percent and then we rose nearly 2% on Friday. And um, Thursday was the last time we did the podcast. I think that was a down day leading into, hang on, I'm wrong here. What day is it? It's Tuesday today. I'm one day ahead. So Monday was a rise. Tuesday was a fall. Friday was a fall going into the weekend. Um, so yeah, how have you fared? Have any stocks that you... Um, that have come onto your radar or that you've bought or you've sold or uh yeah i mean i i guess if we recap a couple that we've that we've been through that's um, a good idea that's a good idea we've mentioned a few now so um what do you want to what 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 has well let's have a look at kogan i mean i've noticed that kogan did sensationally well on uh monday so what's any updates with Kogan? We still like Kogan? Yeah, I'm, I'm still a big fan of Kogan. I think uh, we discussed this at length in the first podcast and I think uh, it, it just was oversold heavily and yep. it, it's really just bouncing back now. There's no, no major changes in, in anything to do with this business. There's been a few sort of announcements and so forth, but it was just, it was just oversold. So that's yep. been a good turnaround, I think. Been a great turnaround. Yeah. I think we were talking about it when it was what probably two seventy, two eighty yeah. around yeah. that sort of region. Yep. And if I can just quickly bring it up today, I mean, it's come back a little bit today, but despite coming back today, it's still three forty four. So that's been a spectacular run. Yeah. Um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, so looking good. Yeah. As I said at the time, I think you know it was around. I think it was around two seventy. I sort of thought that that's probably. Probably a chance of doubling in 12 months. I still think that's possible with, yep. with a company like that. It, keeping in mind, it fell from $10 recently. And that's so. what you do have to keep in mind. So, you know, yeah, absolutely can see that there's still a lot more potential in a stock like that. 
So remains a hold, or would you, would you consider buying at these levels if you uh, were to hold if it? If I was, if I didn't hold it, I'd still consider buying it. I still okay. think if as long as your time horizon is is twelve months, yeah. I think that you'll you'll do very well out of Kogan. Okay, twelve so, months buy. Yeah, it's okay. uh, I, one you mentioned as well was the reject shop in our first podcast. Yes, yeah, so that was a funny old stock. So I mentioned that in the uh, first one, as you say, and uh, again, as I said in that podcast, I'm not a fan of the stock. Um, but sometimes stocks just get well oversold, and I think that's one where it's just it's it's disappointed the market in the past, and it's disappointed again, and people have just said I've had enough, and so there was a lot of selling. And then one thing I noticed with the selling is that it obviously got oversold, and once it got down to a level around about two ten, you could tell that there was still somebody drip feeding that some stock, and it just felt like once that was finished, once that selling was over that it was probably due for a pop. And it did that, and uh, I actually was able to make a nice little trade there. So uh, I was looking at it around about the $2 mark. I didn't get in at $2, I got in around two ten, and um, and then they, they, they started to rise. So I could tell that the selling was, uh, was finished. I also noticed that the market during that time wasn't very strong, and yet this, this stock showed strength. It was still rising or it was at least staying the same on debt on fairly significant down days on the market. So I was very confident in that stock. And as it turned out, there was a reason for that. Somebody on the other side was accumulating the stock, gradually pushing it up. And then they announced that they were going to make a takeover offer for it. Uh, the takeover offer, I think, is around $2.70, somewhere around that region. And on the day that they announced that, the shares shot up to just over 280. I took that opportunity to sell the reject shop. I still think it's cheap, um, but I was happy with that To um, There's always a risk that these things fall through. There's always a risk once they start going through the books that they find that there's bigger problems. So, you know, yes, it's, it's probably 50-50 now that the people making a takeover offer are gonna have to increase their bid or that somebody else might come along and challenge them for it. But uh, I think, you know, the easy money was made, so I'm happy to, to move on. And if the, if the person that bought my shares ends up making more money, well, good luck to them. Yeah. Well, so. interestingly, I think they've rejected the offer. And rightly so. Uh, so it's a hostile takeover. And it's a very odd one as well, because the way that they're trying to do it is they're just sitting in the market at $2.70 with this great big order. And if you want to sell your shares, that's what they're basically saying. Sell your shares to us. Uh, I've seen that done before. It's usually done in, you know, mining companies that are three cents or something. You know, it's not a very conventional way to take over a company, and it doesn't necessarily show a lot of conviction. Um, I, I'm guessing that they, the bidders, it's, it's opportunistic. It's it, it is still, I think, well below the value of the company, and I think that maybe they were having a punt that maybe the markets were going to tip over further, and that there might have been a bit of panic selling, and that they'd be there to pick that up. And it hasn't transpired, and so now who knows? But it doesn't. It seems like a bit of a half-assed attempt at taking over this company. So uh, we'll see what happens. Mm. But uh, I'm out. I'm not really looking at it anymore. But it's it's always a good one to follow, just you know, for future reference, I suppose. Probably still some opportunity there, as you say, with the price. Yeah, and the price has moved around a little bit. So yeah. when they came out and rejected it, I think it sort of bounced a little bit up, and then it went down a little bit. So you know, if you like that sort of scalping type of game, there is going to be movements in that stock. So, and look, if a high, you know, if you get another bidder come into the game, 
that changes everything. Because when you start to get more than one person bidding for a company, it's pretty likely that somebody's going to end up with it. And often then, you know, you get a bidding war. And if you get that, then, you know, this is a stock that, I mean, it's, what are we looking at? It's $2.70 they're offering. They're probably sitting around $2.80. You know, you could go for three fifty dollars ultimately, but you never know. You just don't know what's going to happen. If somebody from overseas likes it and, you know, they've got synergies or, you know, whatever, if they're a supplier, there's lots of different scenarios there. But there is downside risk if there is no bid either or if the bid falls through. So, um, happy to just, you know, leave that one behind now. Yeah. I think we've got a bit of feedback from one of our devoted listeners. Yes, we did. We, uh, we had a listener. Uh, thank you for your uh, feedback, Keith. So he sent through a broker's, uh, a little broker's piece on a stock that we talked about last week called Redbubble. Uh, would you like to talk a bit about that, Leigh? Yeah, so I think the broker's note essentially said, uh, essentially it just re- recapitulated what I said last time, which is that they were having some issues with their search engine traffic. Uh, slowdown in sales, uh, and therefore they revised their their um, their price target down to a dollar nineteen. So when I spoke about Redbubble last time, I'd bought it at ninety cents, and when I spoke about it on the podcast, it was at a dollar. It's since gone up to over a dollar. I think a dollar twenty five it reached, and it's come back now to about a dollar seventeen. But definitely some quick returns there if if you wanted to hop in and out. I I still think it's good value. And I think. Uh, even though they've uh, they've revised their uh, their targets and they've they've put it down to a hold, I think that that's fairly short term view of a stock like this. I think that yes, it's going to have some pressure on it in its half yearly results. There's going to be uh, some you know, it's going to be a flat result, or it's not going to be it's not going to impress the market. But I think if you take a a one to three year horizon with this stock, I think you'll you'll do very well out of it. It's uh no, nothing's changed about the long term story for this company and these search engine issues tend to resolve themselves uh, over a period of months. Okay. So I'm not worried about it in the long term. I still think there's a great story there. There's obviously risk with a company like this, but uh, I think it's it's pretty compelling, the, the risk-reward. Okay. So you're a believer. You've obviously made a nice little quick profit there, but you're not looking to cash in. You're no, to... If, it, if it falls down towards a dollar again, I'll be buying You'll more. You'll be a confident buyer I'll be once more. again. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Redbubble. So Redbubble remains a hold. Uh, would you buy them at these levels? If I didn't already have a fairly substantial holding, I would buy it. Yeah, yep. so big believer in Redbubble. Uh, I was watching a YouTube video last night. There was a man on there. He was talking about how he makes passive income. And one of the ways that he does it is using Redbubble. He, uh, he designs shirts. And if people go on there and buy the shirt that he's designed, he gets a kickback for that. So... I think that's a great story. And I think it's a story that they're possibly not telling well enough. I mean... What do you think? Is is that a well known fact? I mean, no. I, I think that's. I think it's undervalued and and uh, and it's not marketed well enough for what mm. it is. I, I really like the story. I like the idea. I think that they're building a marketplace of these uh, designers and people mm. who want to contribute. Mm. So it gives it a great. It gives it two things. It gives it a moat. Mm. Gives it a great business model. Mm. Um, and then, as you say, it gives it a a story and mm. uh, you know. That other sort of that other component. Yeah, it's another angle, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I, I really like that because you you've got a constant um, incentive for people to keep coming up with new ideas. Yeah, yeah For yeah. all of their products, yeah. which primarily are t-shirts, but they're expanding into gift ranges mm. and things like that. And obviously, the the possibilities are endless with something in mm. uh, in that sphere. So, 
yeah, I, I think it's underappreciated. It's not well known as well known as it might be. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in that model. Yeah, I mean, passive income is a bit of a catchphrase. So I, I think that's an angle that they should be probably exploiting a bit more. I think there'd be a lot of people out there that'd like to get on there and have a crack at, you know, particularly if they're yeah. talented in an artistic way and um, yep. make some designs and see if they can make some money. And Well, it's one of the things that they report on as well in their, their figures. They report on the number of artists or contributors to mm-hmm. their site, which mm-hmm. is, is, is growing at a rapid rate. Okay, so okay. That, that's okay. something to keep an eye on. Yeah, right. No, great idea. Okay, cool. Um, now, last week you talked about a stock called Elmo. Yes. And I noticed that Elmo's jumped around a little bit since you spoke about that one as well. So Redbubble also had a bounce last time we spoke, but what's been happening with ELO yeah, since we last uh, look, spoke about it? It's, it's again, uh, fairly erratic. Uh, for me, this is a company that's kicking goals, doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been falling recently. Uh, I bought more of the stock at around five dollars okay uh i i think it's a buy uh still a buy still confident nothing's changed just basically just bouncing yeah i'm very confident with this stock i think it's uh you know its most recent update was uh its revenues only increased slightly between quarter four and quarter one Mm -hmm. so i think the market's taken that as well there's a bit of a slowdown here in this company because Mm -hmm. it was achieving such rapid growth but if Mm -hmm. you look back over previous years Mm -hmm. you find that the difference between q1 and q4 and q1 is generally quite small and they kick up in q2 so i think there's a there's an opportunity there to to capitalize on that if it does turn out to be a seasonal issue yeah then you might you, know, you might see a big change in the uh, in the sentiment after yeah. they release their half yearly results. Well, you see that all the time in the markets. The market is so short term focused. So as soon as a company says, "Look, you know our figures this month of uh, this quarter haven't been great, but it's going to be better next quarter," nobody's prepared to actually have faith in these companies delivering. And so often you'll see these uh, these companies marked down. And you know, often companies are seasonal. It's just how the the nature of business. Yeah, uh, and it, it you know it, it's not a company that necessarily should be seasonal. It's a, it's yep. a software company, but um, but you know they have different times where they record their their revenues with new customers and things like that. So that plays into it. Um, but you know, I I just think that this is they've got a proven track record of doing doing well in acquiring customers they've been growing their revenues every every quarter without fail yeah you go to any hr conference in the country elmo will be the lead sponsor of that conference okay. Okay. Um, and they're they're acquiring market share really well they're building a great moat uh, which is going to be hard for others to compete against so okay. i think they're an exciting story all right cool okay well we don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about previous uh recommendations or not recommendations but just stocks that we've liked or disliked but um just a couple more, but just quickly, just Can to I touch. Can I just clarify, Nathan? Yes. Is this financial advice? Uh, this is most certainly not financial advice. This is this is pure entertainment. I hope. Uh, what do you think, Leigh? <laughs> I think that yeah, that sums it up. Yep. So just clarifying, this is not financial advice. Um, this is just generally nature. Uh, last week I spoke about bingo. Don't want to talk too much about bingo because virtually. We're back where we started in terms of the price, but it did go for a run. Uh, I think it, you know, I was sitting on probably a very quick 10% profit with them. Uh, they've come back to where they started. Nothing's changed. Everything um, basically rides on the uh, the ACCC and their outcome with the um, the takeover of uh, Dial-A-Dump. But uh, I, I think that they'll be able to work something out. And if they do, 
this stock looks cheap. And even if they don't, I mean, I don't really know what it's going to look like without that acquisition, but this is a company that is based in New South Wales and Victoria only. It's, uh, it's only early days for this stock and massive uh, ownership by uh, one family. So massive incentive for that family to do well. I think that they're they're on the ball. I think this stock's you know if you want to hold it for a long time, I think you would not be disappointed if you if you didn't look at it again for five years and then check the share price. So uh, I like Bing a lot, but um, you know in the short term the catalyst will be the announcement on this uh, acquisition. So we'll see what happens. But there's underlying strength there for them to go up to two thirty after they dropped down to less than two dollars last week uh, tells me that a lot of people are thinking the same way as me. Yep, sounds like a pretty good story. Yep. Anything else you want to touch on that we've talked uh, about previously? No, let's bring in something new. Yep. So what about Challenger? What are your thoughts on Challenger? Yeah, Challenger. Okay, so Challenger's a, a stock that I've owned over the years, stock I've done pretty well out of. Um, but always when I've held Challenger, I've, I've, it's never been a stock that I felt entirely comfortable with. The story seems good, you know, it's an aging population play. Um, but whenever you read any sort of commentary on it, if it's positive, then yeah, they talk up the, the aging population angle. But if it's negative, it is around the way they account for certain um, uh, investments that they hold. And to be honest, I don't understand what that issue is, uh, but I don't like it. And it's, that's the whole problem with that stock for me is there are too many bits of it that I do not understand. So I, I, it's a stock that trends pretty well. So when it's in favor, it'll go for a run and it'll run for you know a good few dollars. And at the moment it's been running in the other direction. So it looks interesting. It's definitely come back a fair way. Um, but based on metrics that I look at, it's probably still not cheap enough. But having said that, I haven't looked extremely closely at it. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I do like it because of the, the population play. So I am really would be betting on the story with a with a company like Challenger. So okay. annuities, you've got to expect that that's a growing market in the coming coming decade or so. I think there's yep. going to be more regulation and more push for that kind of thing to be available. Uh, whether Challenger is the company that benefits, that's, that's really the question mark. But I think they're building up a bit of a um, brand presence and reputation in that market. And, you know, that might count for something. So... You know, I think they traded a very reasonable valuation at the moment. It's pulled back a long way. Yeah. So on that basis, I think there's there's a, there's a decent chance of it having a having a protracted run upward. Uh, I I don't I'm not in love with the stock. I wouldn't be you know uh, above a price earnings of of you know twenty one. I wouldn't be buying it. But um, but in the range that it's sort of sitting at now, I think there's you know there's there's good upside there with probably limited downside. Do you have any insight as to why it's come back? Is it being affected by the Royal Commission into the banks? Is there any sort of overflow from that? Or is, I noticed that a lot of the um, fund manager stocks, I know it isn't quite a fund manager, it's a little bit different, but I know a lot of the fund manager stocks like your Magellan, like Janice Henderson Group, they've all come back quite a lot. Do you mm. think it's because they're sort of thrown in the same basket as those guys, or what do you think is going on? Yeah, I think there might have been some negative sentiment about financials generally. Yeah. Um, so that, that probably played into it. I, I think probably it hasn't quite met its expectations of growth as well, mm -hmm. um, because when you've got this story mm -hmm. running in the background, people are expecting bigger numbers to come out. And mm -hmm. so 
I don't think it's quite met expectations. Mm-hmm. That, but there hasn't been any catastrophic news either that mm. that seemed you know seemed like it should be pushing the stock down so heavily. So I think it's a case of falling out of favour and you know the tide will turn and I suspect it'll have a decent run once it does. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you get a you get a nice little dividend for your troubles. So I think you know there's, there's things to like about it. I don't love it, but it's it's not a bad stock to okay. own at these prices. I think. Okay. So you would buy at these levels? Would you hold if you're a I think, holder? Look, if you're not exposed to financials, I'd, I'd consider buying it at these levels. Okay. So challenges of buy. Very with good. A, again with a twelve month time horizon, I think yep. that's you know I think you'll do fine out of that. Yeah. Excellent. Um, okay, that stock that I'll talk about today is I'll come at this from a bit of a different angle, but the stock that I'll talk about is called Wham Microcap Fund. So Wham Microcap is actually a listed investment company. So basically they buy a basket of stocks and if you buy into the um, into Wham Microcap, then you will benefit from those underlying investments. The good thing about them is they're very transparent. You can go and they'll report once a month. They'll tell you essentially what their top 20 holdings are. And then you can go and look at them yourself and assess if you think they're good, if they're bad. So they're, they're one of the more transparent and easy uh, ways to invest on the markets. And the reason I was looking at this is a few reasons. The first one is that Wilson Asset Management manage this uh, stock and they're up there with probably the best fund managers arguably in Australia. And they have a number of these funds um, and all of them over the long term have outperformed their benchmarks. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is in this uh, market sell-off that we've had in recent times, the the small cap space has really been affected. So I'm looking to see when that's potentially going to turn around and ways to get exposure to that. And so, yes, of course, we can look for individual stocks, which I'm doing, but also it may pay to just throw some money at this fund and, and let them do the hard work, basically. Um, so that's one angle. The other reason I've looked at this, and if you've never done this before, is it's a great way just to get ideas, uh, to find stocks on the market that you may never have heard of, that obviously these guys have gone and done their research on, and you can go and do your own research and see if it fits your trading style, if you like the story. And in doing that today, I actually did find a stock that I really liked. And the stock, the code for the stock is AVG. And I can't actually think what the stock's called. But what I can tell you about the stock is it is a wine producer. Okay. And it produces... I don't drink at all, so I don't know a lot about wine, but I know somebody that does, and I asked them if they could tell me if they'd heard of the three brands that they produce. And she was able to tell me that she'd heard of two of them. So one of them is McGuigan, which I have heard of. And another brand, and I can't remember the other two brands, to be honest, because I don't drink, but she'd heard of one, and one of them is a much more upmarket brand, and the other brand she hadn't heard of. But the point is that those two brands that aren't McGuigan are more premium brands, and they're where the growth is coming from for this company. On a valuation measure, uh, it's interesting. They, they look to me to be investing a lot into their business, and so that's holding back the um, the profits of this business, but underlying to me, this business looks really strong. And I looked at a few broker uh, 
reports on this stock and it looks like they're really expecting the profits to kick in in 2020. And if they do, based on those uh, sort of earnings that are expected, this stock is cheap, it's very cheap. Not only that, the chart, which is always where I uh, have to put a lot of weighting as well, looks quite good, okay? It's been in a downtrend, but it has, um, it has retraced back to a level now that I think is probably a safe place to buy. Um, with a very, you could run a fairly tight stop loss on this, so you can, you know, buy into it. Um, so I think at the moment, I'm, I've got an order in the market. I wasn't able to get any today, but I put an order in at 50 and a half cents. If it drops to probably 48, I'll probably sell if I do get filled, uh, because it probably tells me that it's gonna make another leg down. But if it doesn't, and I don't think it will, then um, the upside for this stock could be easily 100%, I think, uh, over, over a, you know, a decent time frame, maybe three years, two years, something like that. So to me, it looks good. They're doing all the things right. They're in Europe, they're in America, and especially they're in China. And China's where they're experiencing a lot of growth. And the other thing, the last thing I'll say about this stock is it really plays into a theme that I really like, and that is Australian agriculture. I'm just, I just think that we have absolutely the best agriculture in the world. And I think that you know we probably don't appreciate it as much as we should being here, but I'm, I think the rest of the world really does look at our, um, our pristine waters and our lack of genetically modified crops, and it's highly desirable. So I like that theme, and this is a great way to get exposure to it. A stock that obviously Wham likes as well, mm. um, and a stock to, to me that looks um, really compelling value at these levels. We've got plenty of other stocks that are playing on that same theme and doing, doing really well out of it. So if this one's under the radar and yep. has that same potential, it could be pretty exciting. Yep. You're obviously in very good company with the, uh, with the Wilson Asset Management holding. Yep, exactly. Now, it ticks, it ticks a nu numerous boxes for me. Technically, yep. um, I look at an oscillator as well. So for people who don't know what an oscillator is, it's basically a measurement of underlying strength. So often when it, it looks at... Uh, things like if a stock opens at a certain level but finishes above that level, then it shows that buyers are entering the market and it shows how well stock is absorbed when it's being sold. So it's just a simple um, measure. But this, the underlying strength to me looks like to, to be rising. So there are buyers that are buying. There's buying strength there. And that usually builds. And when it builds, it can often end up with a pop. And so even though the share prices come down, underlying... Uh, this stock looks fairly strong to me. So again, it could be a situation where there's been a an institution that no longer wants to hold it. They're selling the stock, but people are stepping up and buying the stock, and that's what you want to see um, as a, as an extra sort of uh, level of confidence, I suppose, when you buy a stock like this. So um, that one's a buy. As I said, I've got an order in at fifty and a half cents. We'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, since you mentioned where microcap as well, I think yeah. people could do worse than to put their money in there if they're looking for something that's going to be fairly passive and, and get a good return. Um, yeah. Proof. Performed fantastically well. It's only been listed for, what, 12 months, two yep. years, something yep. like that. Short amount of time and it, it's, just, it's been flying. Yeah. You've got proven asset managers uh, working in that space um, and it's not trading at the same... Um, the same premium to its to its assets that some of their other funds are. So 
that's being at early stages is probably not a bad time to be looking at that stock. Yeah, I think it trades at a little premium, there is but a premium. it's not ridiculous like, say, Wham. Which if you is, compare it to Wham, it's yeah, very different. So you'd exactly. expect that it will, will get there over time, yeah. which, which could be a nice boost to the price. Yeah, and that's the thing. When the markets are good, um, their, their funds will trade at a premium. So you do get an opportunity to potentially trade around that as well, you know, if you want to track that. You know, if, here's a simple thing that I did. So when I went to look at what was happening with this fund, I just went into Comsec and I created a watch list and I just put all the stocks in it. And then I could just very quickly at a glance and, and, and on, as an ongoing basis now, I can just go and see how that list is performing. And you know, on days like um, Monday where we had a big rise, obviously if I go and look at that and I see that that's outperforming the market, well then yeah, I, I can be confident that they've picked themselves a pretty good basket of stocks. So. Um, but the main thing is, you know, looking for these, these small caps to turn around now because they have been battered pretty hard. Mm. Yeah. I think another interesting one in that space is their global funds, and that's also relatively new. Uh, yeah. Well, I have to disclose I own shares in that. So, okay. yeah, I bought that one in the float and I yep. just held it. And, um, yep. So. Well, I think it's worth mentioning because generally Australian investors are, are not exposed enough to to global stocks so it's not a bad way for people to get a basket of exposure very easily yeah definitely i mean it's 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 an easier way isn't it you know just to you don't have to worry about currencies and um you can just leave it to the professionals so yeah i totally agree i think it's great for every portfolio to to have some diversification and you know whether you want to do it direct or whether you want to do it through a fund again if you do want to do it through the fund uh, through a fund there's some great ones on the um asx so the Wham Global I like, and I also like another one, which the code is MF. I'm good with codes. I'm not so good with names, <laughs> but it, the code is MFF. I've traded it in the past, and I've held it, and I hold it currently. Um, but to me, that's one of the standouts. It's rec it's recorded a phenomenal um, increase on NTA, and that's what you look for. You know, you look for the dividends, but you're also looking for an increase on NTA. And this this uh, MFF is. Um, is better at that than any other of these funds. So, but Wham Global is good as well, particularly because it's much closer to its NTA, whereas the MFF does trade a little bit above its NTA. So you might consider it a little bit expensive at the moment, but sometimes you've got to pay for quality. Mm. So yeah, all good. Um, just also just touching on the, what what's your views on the whole food theme? Do you do you like that space? Do you have much exposure? What do you think about it? Uh, I do like the theme. I don't tend to to look at things at a theme level too often. Okay. Uh, okay. But there's a, there's obviously a nice tailwind there with with China and other um, developing countries in Asia. There, there does seem to be that you know that desire for higher quality premium products, and you see that in the from from baby formulas to wine to yeah to produce. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely there's a theme there. There's a theme there's there. There's a theme. Yeah. The, a theme. the thing I worry about is is putting too much emphasis on it. So yeah. you, there, there's been a real stretch in valuations for some of those companies yeah. based purely on that theme. And people have yeah. been burnt pretty heavily by that. So yeah. I think now that's come back, a lot of those companies have come back enough to make them interesting again. So yeah. that's where we come back to the, the A2s and the Bellamy's. They were trading yeah. at very lofty valuations and they've now come back to something far more reasonable, sure. which you know has got me interested in them. Yeah. Um, but it's the same as you know, a stock like Blackmore's blew out and it's in its uh, valuation and multiples. Um, Treasury Wine Estate, it's come back now, but uh, again, you know, trading at vast premiums to the market on the expectation of future profits. Yeah. 
which if it comes to fruition, great, but I'd like to be buying some of these things at, at uh, more reasonable prices. Yeah, and that's why I like AVG, which I have now found is called Australian Vintage Limited, um, because it's exposure to that space and it looks cheap. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, if you like the thematic AVG, I'll give you another one in that space as well that I also hold and that I like, and it's called FOD, which is Food Revolution Group. Uh, I won't go too much into that today. I'll probably maybe go into more depth next time. But um, another play, same theme. Uh, what they've done is they've actually sold a big chunk of the business to a Chinese man who is the CEO, I think, of the biggest petroleum company in China. And they have exposed to all these petrol stations. And these guys, FOD, they have a canola oil. So they're... Australian branded canola oil is now going to be available in all these petrol stations in China. Uh, and they've also incentivized this gentleman to get their sales to, I think it's 100,000 million, uh, sorry, 100 million a, a, a per annum within five years. And if he does that, then he'll, he'll get incentivized for that. Uh, but he seems like he's going to open a lot of doors for this company. Their main uh, product is, is juices, fresh juices. Um, so, you, and they also have kombuchas. So I think the brand is called Juice Lab. If you go into Coles, you see some packaged juices. The ones that you see that stand out the most, they're owned by Ford, and they're now selling them up into China. They've done a lot of deals recently, and it's a stock that's been on a wild ride. They floated probably four years ago at twenty cents. They went down as low as four cents, and now they're back to twenty cents. So. Uh, but I think they're now starting to get their act together. So another one in that space. And they, they, they earn money. They, um, so I don't know the price earnings ratio, but I'd say it's around about 20 or something like that. Yeah. But pretty the, reasonable. Yeah, pretty, and that's based on before all these deals and before mm. a lot of other things, they were, they were able to, to make that money. So I, I think the future looks very bright indeed for that company. Mm. That's an interesting one. So, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a little one. You wouldn't put your house on it but uh, definitely worth a couple of percent uh, you know weighting in your portfolio and it's important to do that it's important to have a few of these sorts of stocks in a, in a good portfolio that will have the potential to go up a hundred percent two hundred percent a thousand percent even Absolutely, yeah. you know you can buy your banks and you can enjoy the dividends but you know they're not going to give you those sort of returns so um, that's the way you outperform an index that's the way you outperform a market is by uh, having a portion of your portfolio where you really take some um, some punts and, and, and hopefully kick some goals. Absolutely. Yeah. On that topic, what do you think of the banks? Is there any value to be had there now? Uh, I don't really think so. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if we talked about it between each other or whether we recorded it at some point, but, you know, I thought the banks were ready for a bounce. Commonwealth Bank quite stealthily has risen, I think, 10%. I think it dropped down to around about 66 or something mm -hmm. like that. I think they're back up around 72. They might have come back a bit today. I haven't looked. Uh, so, you know, there's some, some money's already been made in them. But uh, the thing for me is I, I do have concerns about this property market. And while I see value, while I see, you know, strong dividend yields in the short term for the banks, I'd kick myself if I've if I really... If, if, they, if, 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 if the property market did drop and continued to drop and if it accelerated in its drop and it really did affect the banks and the banks dropped, I'd kick myself because that's what I feel like is happening. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to try and be cute and try and make 
5% or 10% on the banks just to sort of prove myself as right because I think they need to have a bounce. So I'm staying away from the banks at this stage based on that thesis, I suppose, that I just don't like this property market and I don't know what's going to happen there. So yeah. what about yourself? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the property market is the, is the big concern mm. uh, for the Australian, uh, for the ASX. Mm. It's really the thing that, that bothers me the most. Obviously, it would affect, you know, across uh, affects across stocks the across board. the board yeah. but uh but banks you know in particular would they're in the front line yeah absolutely uh i think the the big thing as well is is what you just mentioned which is what is your risk and what is your reward and i think if you're, you're betting on the banks i could see the banks bouncing you know 20 or 25 percent and you know having yeah. a good run if yeah. things settle down uh but you know for the downside risk uh, that's yeah. not that compelling i don't think yeah. so yeah, it's 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 just not a, that much interest to me right now. No, mm. and and especially when we've had such a big fall in the market, there's there's some really good opportunities now. You know, if you do your homework, if you if you do you look at your valuations, if you read some reports, and you you kind of you know even if you go if you're looking at retail, if you go and visit some of these stores and just get a feel for how they're trading, uh, I think there's there's some opportunities to make much bigger returns than you could probably you know hope to make if you if you took a position in the banks at the moment. Yeah, yep, couldn't agree more. Yeah, awesome. So the banks, um, we'll just we'll just keep watching them, but um, no reason to step into them at this stage. Anything, Anything else? else on your radar at the moment? Uh, not especially. I um. I, I did buy I did take a position in a stock called New Century Mines. Okay. Yeah. I think it's called New Century Mines. The code is NCZ, and it's an interesting stock. So basically, there used to be a massive zinc mine in Australia, and it just they closed it down. It's just the zinc price collapsed. It wasn't economical, so they just closed it down. These guys. Um, took over the lease and took all the infrastructure. I think they've got a port, they've got a little ship that they have to use to transport the zinc because it's sort of got to go up a river and then it goes out and then it gets loaded into a, a tanker. Um, so there's a lot of infrastructure. Anyway, this company's picked it up, they recapitalized it, they did a capital raising and um, they made their first shipment of zinc, I think last month. So they rose on that announcement but that's just the start and if they can execute and if the zinc price can hold in and at the moment the zinc price is going sideways so it's not it's not trending down it's not trending up but i think you know certainly if we see a turnaround in markets if we see some confidence come back into the markets we'll probably see the us dollar drop see the us dollar drop we'll probably see a lot of resources uh, the valuation of resources rise and therefore hopefully the price of zinc but this stock is cheap this stock is you know there's a, there's a lot of again baggage i suppose because it's you know it's a mine that was shut down because they couldn't make money so but it's different they don't have to go and um you know it's ready to go they're already producing they're a producer and um they don't have debt so uh, I, I took a position, I've been looking at it for a while, I've been stalking it for a while. I wanted to get it at 80, around 80 cents. I had orders in the market, 80 and a half, I didn't get filled. And then I did take a position at, in the end, at 82 and a half, I think. And I'm off and running, so we'll see what happens. But um, there's a lot I like about that stock because 
what they forecast that they will be able to produce will mean that it will be um, producing massive amounts of money. You know, it'll be a stock that's probably on three or four times earnings in the next 12 months. So we'll see what happens. But okay. again, you're buying value there. You're buying something that's dirt cheap. It could be dirt cheap for a reason. It could be something I don't know. But from what I can read and interpret, it looks uh, pretty compelling value. Could be a sneaky opportunity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, New Century Mines, NCZ. I like that one. I didn't take a massive position. It's the sort of stock that I could potentially scale into. Uh, it was sitting around between sort of $1.20, $1.30, for a while while they were sort of getting everything back up to, and running. Uh, and then it just got sold off. I think the zinc price did come back a bit, so they, they got sold off. They got sold down to maybe into the 60s, and now they've bounced. They did bounce back up over a dollar. They've now, I've been waiting for them to come back, and they've come back to 80 cents, and so that's when I've jumped in. And uh, we'll see, they could go back a little bit more before they go up, but um, I think that, uh, you know, as I said, if they can execute the way they say they can, then this is a stock that, again, could easily double, triple in price in the next two or three years. Nice. Okay, so buy NCZ. Anything right. else, Leith? No, I don't think so. I think that's enough recommendations and discussions today. Yep. No, it's been an interesting market. It's up and down, and uh, hopefully we can get a Christmas rally. You know, the, the Christmas rally is a, a pretty real phenomenon, so... Um, We'll keep our eye out for that. If it does rise in December, it usually rises, it usually hits its high in the last 48 hours of the month. So there's a statistic for you. So um, if, you, if you've taken some positions in the last few days, uh, generally look to hold them until the end of the month if you're going to step off. And it usually actually rises a little bit into January as well. So if you, if you go away over Christmas and you don't get back to sell your shares on New Year's Eve, don't fret. You've probably got a couple of days after the new year to, to sell them and, and take your profits. Beautiful. And, okay. All right. We'll see you next time. Okay. Thanks, Leith. <laughs> thanks, listeners. Bye.